Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. In our prior posts, we've described the many complex and often subtle factors that play into determining the compatibility or incompatibility of a relationship. Relationships are important to people, so we all pursue them to differing extents. That combination of relationship complexity with our human drive to relate is a virtual guarantee that some of our relationships will blossom and thrive while others will fail to take root and grow. In this post, we'll consider what happens in the case of relationships that fail to thrive, that is, in relationships that for one or more reasons prove to be incompatible with our relationship goals, needs, and preferences. So, you find yourself on the tail end of New Relationship Energy, or NRE, and you hear a niggling little voice in your head that says, gosh, maybe this was a mistake. As the flush of early attraction dissipates, you have a growing awareness that some of the things that you were aware of regarding your beloved may not be as insignificant as you had initially thought. You have a growing, sinking feeling that the future is not all peaches and cream, after all. It's likely that anyone who has pursued serious relationships has been through this disconcerting experience. As we've discussed in earlier posts, the early stage of a relationship consists of two distinct phases. Initial attraction, during which we have access to only what we can perceive or know about an individual from the outside, and then a period of assessing chemistry, during which we interact with and react to our new partner. It's during that phase that we begin to accumulate the concrete experiences that tell us whether our initial perceptions during attraction are proving to be true or are inaccurate. It's during that phase that we can realize that the blush is off the rose. Becoming aware of a possible relationship incompatibility is not necessarily an easy realization to reach. In part, this is due to the reality that Relationships are complex, involving personalities, personal needs, goals and preferences, and the varying life circumstances in which relationships play out. In the best case, it usually takes time to assess the fit between partners in each of these areas. In addition, part of the nature of human relationships is that we perceive our partners through the filter of our own expectations, hopes, desires, and perspectives. Perception is not a cold and objective process. Often, we're inclined to see what we want to see, not necessarily what's actually present. Seeing our partner through rose-colored glasses is an especially high risk in the early stages of a relationship. It's no surprise, then, that our assessment of our compatibility with our partner takes time to develop. Relationships, and especially romantic relationships, are freighted with numerous strong emotions, love, infatuation, joy, despair, gratitude, and many other emotions. As we all know, strong emotions are not especially supportive of our making reasoned and objective assessments or decisions. Once we set our heart on something, it's hard for one's mind to prevail in taking us in a different direction. Let's assume that at some point in a relationship, we begin to perceive a potential hitch in that relationship. If the signs aren't so clear that we can't ignore or misconstrue them, it's likely that we'll want to stay the course and gather more information. How much information is enough? If we know that changing course will cause us, 
and or our partner significant pain, we'll be tempted to keep postponing a decision to change even as the evidence for the need to do so continues to accumulate. It's hard for us humans to trade a sure thing, even an imperfect one, for the potential of a better future. We can conclude that it's hard for us to discern a potentially insuperable incompatibility in a valued relationship, and it's even harder for us to decide to change or end that relationship in favor of shifting our interest in a different direction. If we conclude that we're facing some fundamental incompatibility in a deeply connected relationship, we're then faced with the question of whether and what to do about that. The psychological phenomenon of loss aversion states that humans favor avoiding a loss over achieving an equivalent gain. We tend to prefer to hang on to what we have, in the current context a potentially flawed relationship, over striving to gain something new of similar value, here a new and possibly better relationship. Loss aversion can keep us in a relationship longer than is healthy for us or for our partner. In addition to the inertia caused by loss aversion, significant changes in a relationship often come with painful and otherwise difficult emotions for both partners. Think in terms of heartbreak, feelings of rejection, resentment or worse, and other negative reactions. We humans are wired to seek pleasure and avoid pain, so we tend to avoid bringing these negative reactions into our lives. That pain-avoidance orientation can tempt us to avoid making big changes to an incompatible relationship. In deciding whether to make a relationship change, we also need to consider whether that change is necessary and inevitable, or whether, through more effort, discussion, and collaboration, we may resolve the perceived incompatibility. That can be a very difficult decision to make. If we're invested in a relationship and feel that it has potential, we're likely to want to hang on until we see no possibility other than pulling the plug. The resulting uncertainties could last for months or even years. In most cases, there's no flashing red sign that says, Go now! Finally, there are many psychological factors that come into play when a treasured relationship is threatened by our growing awareness of a significant incompatibility. We may cling to the comfort, validation, shared dreams, and pleasure of the existing relationship. We may wrestle with guilt and sorrow over knowing how a change will affect both us and our partner. We may trigger fears that there's no better relationship awaiting us on the other side of the change, or even that we are unlovable. Avoiding all of this inner turmoil can also impede our making a needed change. After discerning that an existing relationship suffers from some basic high-impact incompatibility, and then making a decision to change or end that relationship and start afresh, there is the question of how to proceed with the change. The specifics of how best to change or end a deeply connected relationship vary, based on the nature of the relationship. If it's a relationship that's still very young, or which hasn't developed great depth of connection, making a change may not deeply affect either partner. At the other extreme, for relationships that have developed deep emotional connection and commitment, and which have a rich history of shared experiences, implementing a change can be excruciating. Let's focus on how to proceed in that sort of relationship. In a mature, intimate relationship of this sort, one or both of the partners may love the other, as well as being in love with them. Those are two different things, as we've discussed in earlier posts. It's possible for partners to retain a continuity of love, that is, caring and affection, even if the nature of their relationship changes. 
There may be some pain involved, but the qualities that invoked love between the partners are probably still present, even after a relationship change. I've seen such a continuity of love in many polyamorous relationships that undergo significant change in form. It's regrettable that such continuity often seems to be lost in traditional relationships that face a big change, such as in a divorce that ends a traditional monogamous marriage. It's interesting to contemplate the possible reasons for that difference. Dealing with changes to a relationship in which one or both partners are also in love with one another presents greater difficulties. That's the sort of situation that can induce heartache and deep mourning of loss. The attraction that occurs during being in love, that is, romantic attachment, is mediated by the hormones dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin, and that attraction can lead to oxytocin and vasopressin-mediated bonding with a partner. The neurochemical bases of this attachment can be very strong and durable. In fact, dopamine lies at the heart of addiction. That suggests that moving away from an incompatible relationship may require weakening or reversing all of this neurochemistry-based attachment. There are established techniques that can help one fall out of love. Those entail reducing contact with one's partner, not engaging in the intimate behaviors that can reinforce attachment, keeping oneself busy and active, including physically, and focusing on a future that holds a promise of better-aligned future relationships. These techniques also include avoiding focusing on or thinking about the losses associated with the relationship change and staying socially engaged so as to avoid a negative spiral of compulsive thought about the loss or changed relationship. Falling out of love can be hard enough that professional psychological help may be necessary. The promise of making such a difficult change, though, is that there is life after experiencing an incompatible relationship. With more life experience, and with the courage to make a change, one can make better, more discerning relationship choices in future. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group, the Two Open Doors meetup group, and the Two Open Doors website and blog at twoopendoors.com. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.